the question, do you have the right to be forgotten? Because this is something that is allowed in other countries. And now Toronto police and my next guest are trying to actually bring it or something like it here. And it's in regards to when it comes to, you know, the things of reporting uh, cases like missing people. And the right to be forgotten. It means like the right to have all your private information that the police would put out removed from the Internet. So generally speaking, in a missing persons case, uh, the police put out your info for the public's interest because they need the public's health. You know, whether it's your weight, your height, your sex, photograph, whatever. Um, and then, of course, you would think that that would come down. But it doesn't necessarily come down, not in this country, whereas in other countries, you know, you can have your information or that of a loved one taken down so that there is no digital imprint. Uh, but we don't do it here. And so now it looks like the Toronto police are trying to actually reduce the digital footprint of these kinds of, um, you know, calls for action from the public when they require someone give up their uh, privacy. Let me bring in Maureen Trash. She's an advocate for other families of missing a loved one and is a big part of the push for this. Thanks so much for joining us, Maureen. Thank you, Alex, for having me. And just so our listeners understand why this is such a, a, um, a passionate cause for you is because your son, Daniel, went missing back in November 2011. And, of course, you know, three years would go by, and sadly, your, your son um, lost his life. But, it, you know, it was almost like a mission that you, you had come to that you wanted to make sure and help others to, to get that information uh, down. Can you take us a little bit as to why it was so important for you to get, you know, information uh, removed from the internet? Yeah. Um, my journey um, is resolved. Uh, I have what I call the big answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, many families don't have that. So my perspective is without that name staying out there, without that information being shared, through whatever means uh, are available, including social media, families don't have an option other than pestering media to put their story out there. And that's very individual, one-on-one, very time-consuming, very frustrating um, experience. We were fortunate enough to um, have media attention through the police. And I can tell you that stuff is still out there online. Mm -hmm. And that's okay with us because that's the history. That's the history of what happened to him. And it's the history of why I am now on this path. Right. However, in the article um, and the issue that Toronto police tweeted, um, their reference was unclear um, about um, why they want to do this. I will share with you that they are very, they have um, put some procedures in place about handling of media releases for missing persons. And I subscribe to their feed, so I see every announcement about a missing person. In order to see the picture, you have to click on something that goes to their website that has the picture. So it's not easy to get to, but at least it's out there. I do not know if they do it for every missing person, but that initial response is key and they seem to be much better at getting the news out there. It then takes off, you know, they they do it on Twitter as well as Facebook, all different methods. That's a good thing. 
when the person is found, and in in their case, I believe they're talking about people who are found um, and they're okay, Mm -hmm. how do we get rid of their data? Yeah, i got to be honest with you. Um, I was a little surprised by this because anytime there is a, let's say, a victim of any kind of crime, or, or and, and that's not always the case with missing persons. Sometimes it's a, it's a good ending and, and it, it resolves itself. Um, and not always is it a crime. But generally speaking, I was always in the impression that they had, <clears throat> they had an obligation to make sure that that information was removed after the emergency uh, phase is over so that they can protect, you know, the, the victim's uh, rights and or privacy. But, you they know... Do. Yeah. And my understanding is they have it for homicide. They did not have it for missing persons. Yeah. That piece of information came out in the independent review. Right. Yeah, it's, I, think, I think most of us, though, uh, you know, Maureen, assume it's happening. The fact that it's not, I think, is an issue because while you have been able to deal with it and, and accept that it's part of, you know, Daniel's story, uh, you know, I would think that it can be uh, quite traumatic if you're always, and it's the only justice really maybe you can fight for a loved one. It, it can be, I think fairly invasive. Yes. And the fact of the matter is the police have accountability for wiping out what they put online, what they put out there. And they're working on that. But this is one police department. Mm -hmm. We're talking about countrywide. My son went missing in Ontario. What if he was out in BC? What are their rules and regulations? Families don't want to have to think about that. They want a seamless process from a high enough level that's going to ensure that when their loved one is found, the proper process is being followed. And it's transparent. They know what it is and they understand. So what would you then say, because there will be critics who will say, oh, look, you're rewriting history, and you, you, you did kind of comment somewhat on it earlier, but what do you say to them about that, that you know, you're, you're trying to rewrite um, you know, how things happened? Well, I I tried to get um, my input when they did the review, simply because the parents' voice or the family voice had not been a very loud one Mm -hmm. and haven't had an an opportunity. If you read the report, you'll see there's one story in there about a mom who tried to get access to her son's Google and uh, email, etc., while he was still missing. And police couldn't do it, and she had to go through a lawyer to do it. A a, a huge fight. And I'm saying, that's a pretty standard process. If we have the proper procedure in place and the rules and regulations are are, um, accountable, what's the issue? Why are we dealing with this stuff? Yeah, over and over again. It seems like a very small thing uh, that they can do, and they should easily be able to do it. I, I got to be honest, when I was reading through some of your stuff, I was pretty surprised that this is not not already happening proactively, given it's 2022, and given we know how far the internet reaches. Having said that, um, is this going to become a thing? I mean, look, the last thing someone who is a wh- whether it's you who's lost a, a child, um, you know, someone who might have a missing child that you know. It doesn't matter. It's such a daunting feat having to take on, whether it's the internet companies or trying to get this, you know, hiring lawyers and all the rest of it. It's the last thing you generally need when you're dealing with grief and or angst or or anxiety. And so do you get the sense, Maureen, that that there will be some movement on this? You know what? If you ask family members if this is an issue, and I've written the report 
that gather family input. Mm-hmm. No. They want assurance that their loved one, is that case is being investigated right. and proper resources are in play. And, oh, by the way, good communications is the most important thing. And that's still a simple procedure that at least set a time frame. I'll talk to the family once a year or once a month or whatever is agreed on. That would go a long way with families in solving the relationship issues that have deteriorated, quite frankly, between families and police. Yeah. Well, no question. Uh, you've made this your fight. Okay. And, uh, well, and Go ahead. The independent review has really good recommendations. I wish they would stick to those and get them in. I do not see how this ties into any recommendation uh, from the independent review. So it almost feels like a bunny trail, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure why. Well, I think if I uh, were to make an estimated guess, it's probably because victims of crime so often in this country are an afterthought or victims of any kind of, um, you know, situation like this become an afterthought. And I I think we fail a lot of people uh, like that just because they're just so often not seen as the the part of the story and they're just forgotten. and and, And frankly, it shouldn't be that way. Nonetheless, Maureen, I think it's um, I think it's a really interesting issue that you raise, and I think a lot of people assume that it wasn't an issue, but we'll keep talking about it. Thanks for joining us. I would love that. Thank you so very much for taking this on. Thank you. That is Maureen Trask. Not asking for a lot, again. Um, it just shouldn't be left up to victims of these kinds of things to have to do. It is, uh, it's not an easy thing, and again, it's not like they asked for it.